Good morning. Grace and peace to you to get the little froggy out of my throat this morning. Let's talk about temptation this morning. One of our favorite subjects, right? Because temptation is so closely related to sin. We don't like to think about sin either. But uh, sin is at the heart of the Christian walk, isn't it? Sin is uh, the reason Jesus came here. And we could talk about sin for a long time, but we're going to talk about temptation and not just fighting temptation but overcoming temptation. How many of you were tempted last week? Okay. So we're aware of that, right? And for those of you who didn't raise your hand, I don't know if you're just bashful, or you didn't realize that you were tempted, because you probably were. We're tempted to do evil, to do wrong. And sometimes we only think about it in that regard, that Satan wants me to do something, to hurt someone, to speak evil of someone, to steal or whatever, to punch somebody out in the playground. But Satan also tempts us not to do good. When we know something's going on and I should get involved and I should help. And Satan says, nah, nah, nah. You're too busy. You couldn't really help out anyway. You don't want to get involved with that. That's a temptation as well. And we need to be aware of those as much as the other kind. When we give in to these temptations, we sin. We've uh, failed our Savior, and Satan has won a little battle. And that should make us really upset that Satan has won. We want to look at some scriptures about overcoming today because Jesus wants us to overcome these temptations. We're going to look at scriptures, we're going to look about warfare and the help we get and the ways to overcome. So let's go to Ephesians 6, first of all, there, starting with verse 10. We've had lots of lessons from this section of scripture about the whole armor of God. We're not going to look at all of this. But just to refocus our thoughts and minds on what is really going on in this world, with ourselves. Paul writes, Finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. 
We tend to forget this on a daily basis, that there is a real war going on all around us, and we're right in the middle of it. We're right there every day. And too many of us, we don't take this seriously. We don't take the devil seriously. We don't take sin seriously. And we don't take the word of God as seriously as we should. And Jim, I thank you for those two songs this morning. I forgot all about that in the hour of trial. That's really appropriate for today. Many things at stake, eternity, eternal life, in the name of Christ, which we wear as Christians, will his name be honored or will it be shamed by us giving in to the devil? These temptations that we have are crucial moments in his warfare. And we have to see that. It's just not some little event in life. This is actually Satan calling you out. Did you ever think about that? He's saying, come on. Here it is. Can you, can you withstand that? This is for you. Come on. That's what's happening. He's trying to get you to sin, to do wrong. He's standing there with that evil grin on his face, smiling, just like he did, you know, if you will, in the Garden of Eden. And no, 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 God didn't say that. He's just trying to keep you from becoming like him. This, we just read about the wiles or the schemes of the devil. and that He's the liar. He's the master at gaslighting. He is. And that's what's happening. And you have to picture that. When we are tempted to do wrong or not to do right, the devil's saying, no, no, no. Just do what I say, and it'll be all right. Sure. Let's turn back a page in our Bibles to Ephesians 5. So that's what's going on. We're in this warfare, and the devil is he's fighting these little battles. He's not done. Yeah, Jesus defeated him. He ultimately defeated him at the cross, but he's still out there, and he's still trying to bring us down one little battle at a time. And we have to see that, and we have to raise up with our indignation and say, you are not going to get me this time. This is the real battle, the real war. The next thing we want to mention is we have to be able to recognize what's evil and what's good. And much of scripture is about this. If you recall all your readings, especially through the letters, what's good and what's bad, what's wrong, what's right. I'm just going to read this little section from Ephesians 5. We all have heard this. We all know these things, but again, just... To remind ourselves, 5.1, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Imitate God. Imitate the Lord Jesus. 
and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you, gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. And again, we mentioned that's, that's why Jesus came is to deal with sin, because we could not overcome it on our own. But immorality and any impurity or greed must not even be named among you as is proper for saints. Listen to Paul's admonition here. He's serious about this. Shouldn't even be named among you. And there must be no filthiness and silly talk. Or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather the giving of thanks for all that's good, of course. For this you know with certainty that no immoral or impure person or covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. This is just, again, a... Brief picture here of what Paul is emphasizing. There are other scriptures we can go to as well. Verse 6, let no one deceive you with empty words. And there's the devil, you see. There's his lies. And when he says, oh, it won't hurt. Just this one time. It's okay. Don't let anybody receive. You know, the devil works through people, doesn't he? He works through the internet. He works through your phone app. He's everywhere now. Don't be deceived by empty words. This is why we have to know what the word of God says, what is truth and what is false, what is right and what is wrong. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. And there is a wrath of God to come. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. Don't do it. For you were, were formerly darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light. So the fruit of the light consists in all goodness and righteousness and truth. There's the things to pursue, and we're going to see that in another scripture later. Trying to learn what is pleasing to the Lord. And there, there you have the bottom line of it. What is a life that's pleasing to God? What does he want us to do? What does he want us to be involved in? Doing good things. We have to learn those things. And then we have to pursue those things. There are things that are pleasing to God and things that are displeasing to God. So we have to all do our due diligence in learning the right and learning the wrong. And to be aware and guard against these wiles of the devil and to choose to do good, to be ready for every good work. And while we're talking about that, every one of us, myself included, we all have to kind of do a little assessment of ourselves every once in a while. Because some of these things kind of creep in, nothing very serious usually, but we, we have these things, these become part of us that we sometimes don't realize that really hurt us in this fight. 
You know, we just have a, maybe a little bit too much pride and arrogance. Just a little bit too much there. Uh, we, we tend maybe to gossip, you know, just a little bit too much when we shouldn't. You know, some of this social media stuff, it's really gossip. Did you know that? It's what it is. We tend at times to really tell those little lies to protect ourselves. You ever notice that? We do. It slips in there. It's kind of natural. Sometimes we like to manipulate and control others to get our own way. Maybe we don't realize we're doing that. But it just is part of us. And we try to have to watch when it comes to relationships. How many of us just like to offer excuses? Well, they're, they're so easy to find excuses for not doing something we know is right, you know? Like this morning, how many of us offered an excuse that Wow, I lost an hour of sleep. I couldn't get up this morning. There it is. Could be. We need to learn to recognize sin and despise it. That this is not good. God does not like it. And it's not good for us. It harms us in so many ways. So we need to recognize what is good and what is evil. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians 10. And understand this, and I, again, Jim, I like the songs because it speaks to this scripture, really. That when we are tempted, when Satan comes around, he tries to get us to do something that's wrong. Or, you know, not to get involved with something that's good. That God is with us. God is right there. You know, when Satan's standing in front of us with that silly grin and saying, come on, come on, do this, or, yeah, don't get involved, Jesus is also standing right beside us. And he's saying, you can do what's right. You can do it. And I want you to do it. And I'm going to help you do it. We have to see this as a real battle in life. 1 Corinthians 10 and 12. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. All right? So you're not facing something that nobody else has ever done, something that Satan is concocted just for you to bring you down. That's not the case. Okay? So uh, Paul is just saying here by the Holy Spirit, there's nothing here that's too overwhelming that somebody hasn't already faced and has already overcome. So that should give us encouragement. Whatever you're facing has been beaten in the past. And God is faithful, all right, God is faithful. 
who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. There it is. He is there. He is with you. He even has his hand on Satan's shoulder. He said you can only go so far with this person. Only so far. Remember the story of Job? Satan came to stood before God and said, hey, you're protecting your servant Job. You put a hedge around him. He, he's never going to turn on you. And God said, well, okay, you can, you can do this, but you can't do that. I'm not going to get into details. Remember that? Read the first couple chapters of Job. And so Job lost everything, family or uh, you know, children, livelihood and all. He still didn't curse God. He still didn't turn from God. And then Job, or Satan came back. He says, oh, if I touch his body, you know, the old illness injury thing. He says, if I do that, he'll turn on you. God says, okay, you can do that, but that's, that's as far as you can go. He did it. Job still stood firm. So God has his hand on the evil one. So you have to understand that. And sometimes it seems like, you know, God isn't there. You ever have that feeling? God, God's just not there. Where, where is God? It feels like it's empty. He's, he's distant. He's not even around. Just because you don't have a feeling that God is there doesn't mean he isn't there. This is where faith comes in. Faith is about seeing the things that aren't there, right? That's what the scripture says. That's when we need to go to scripture like this and says, God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted. He is there even though if you don't feel or sense his presence. He is there. Scripture in Hebrews, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That has always got to come to mind. He's there. Maybe it doesn't seem like it, but he is. So God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. So God is saying, you can do this. He's saying, you got this. You know, it's the familiar expression of that, you got this. Well, he's really saying, we got this. Let me help you. You have to do your part. I'll do my part. I'll keep Satan there. We got this. Do what's right. He provides a way of escape. It could be something brand new for that moment. Possibly. Who knows? I know we've all been in situations like this. You're dealing with something, trying to do what's right. And out of the blue, the phone rings to interrupt the whole moment and to lead you out of that. Whatever it is. God might do something like that, and it might be something which you already know what to do. He might be saying, you, you know how to deal with this. You know what you need to do. We're going to talk a little, about, a little bit about some of those things very shortly. In every situation, God is with us and for us. 
And like I said, when Satan's standing there and he's wanting you to do wrong, Jesus is standing beside you and say, you, you can do this. And I'm going to help you do it. So God is faithful. All right, let's go to James 4. There are two basic ways here. Talk about these ways of escape. I'm not trying to get in too much detail, but there's basically two things here. So that we can escape this hour of temptation and overcome it. And escaping the hour of temptation is the same as overcoming. It's just so you don't sin. And the first one is to resist. You have to fight against it. You have to have the desire to do right. You do have to fight. That's part of this. It's spiritual warfare in your heart, in your soul, in your mind. You have to resist. You have to say no to what's wrong, and you have to say, yes, I want to do that. You have to, you have to do that. James 4, 7. Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And this is part of the fight. You know, we think about, well, even this war going on in Ukraine right now, or any war you want to talk about. To resist means to take up arms and to fight back. So this is what we have to do, whether we are fighting back with Scripture, fighting back with just speaking the words, I want to do what's right. Uh, speaking words to uh, to the devil in the name of the Lord, may the Lord rebuke you and leave me alone, saying a prayer. Whatever it is, you have to resist. You can't be passive. You can't be passive. You have to take action in your mind to know what's right and in your heart to desire to do what's right. Remember, Jesus, that you are his. I like to remember Jesus when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. You talk about resisting. Remember the prayer? Father, if it's your will, take this cup from me, please. But if not, your will be done. Praying there. Scripture talks about in agony. Sweat like blood. He was resisting the temptation to avoid the cross. Think about him. That's how serious he was about sin. And we need to do the same. To resist. To fight against evil. To say no to evil and yes to the good. Okay, the second thing is, let's go to 1 Timothy 6.11. This is kind of an obvious one. Hang on a minute, we'll get there. The second way is to flee. You have to get out of there. Maybe it's just too much of a situation for you. Okay? It's just time to get out, to leave. 
1 Timothy 6.11, But flee from these things, you men of God, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. And Paul has just been talking about a lot of things, again, that are wrong, that are evil. And he says, you've got to flee those things. You've got to get away from them. Other scriptures talk about fleeing idolatry and fleeing sexual immorality. They use the same terminology. Now, you might be able to do that in your mind if you're in a situation where you have self-control. And you're thinking about, oh, I'd like to do that. I'd like to open up that internet and look at those pictures or those videos. Well, if you've got the self-control, maybe you can can say, no, I'm not going to do that. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Sometimes we have to physically move and change something. You have to get out of there. Close that computer. Walk away from that phone. I, I can't be around it. True story. Uh, a man was being counseled because he had a bad, bad habits of eating. He was eating too much. He loved these sweets. And one of the things that he did... This is true. Every day he drove to work, he had to drive past a bakery. And this bakery had the very best donuts. And, of course, bake, you drive by a bakery, and early in the morning you feel the, hear the smell, excuse me, smell the aroma of the bread baking and what have you, and he, he couldn't pass it up. He would stop every morning and buy donuts. Yeah. So he, could, he couldn't just drive past. He, it was, he was too weak. So what the counselor told him to do and he had end up doing was to take a different path to work. He had to drive a different way to work so he would not go past the bakery and have the thoughts and smell the aroma. He had to flee. He had to change what he was doing. And if you're serious about something and it keeps bugging you over and over and over again, you need to change something. Really think it through. How can I avoid this situation? That's part of the idea of fleeing. The other thing you can do, if again, with you have the uh, self-control, the desire to overcome, do something good at that moment. Whatever is going on and you're being tempted to do what's wrong, refocus yourself, make yourself do something good. You know, it might be something as uh, small as uh, go uh, put your laundry away. Go, uh, go do the dishes. Go take a walk. Just get out of that situation. Flee from it. Get away. Uh, you probably heard the, the expression, and some people are tempted, uh, again, with sexual sin, to take the cold shower. 
Well, the idea with that is not so much the cold shower, but the fact that you get out of that situation and you refocus your mind on something else. That's really what you're doing. Just get away and think about something else, something good. So we have to resist and we have to flee. Those are the two main things we can do when we are tempted and know that the Lord is with us to do that, to choose to do that. I remember uh, when I was doing this lesson about Joseph and David. We're talking about Joseph back in Genesis. Jacob's son went down into Egypt. Remember that? He became the uh, slave of Potiphar and was in Potiphar's house. And Potiphar's house was blessed because Joseph was a man of God and everything was going well. But Potiphar's wife wanted to sleep with Joseph. Remember that story? And she kept after him and after him and after him. And in that final one instance, she grabbed or she wanted, made her wishes known, and he, he had to flee. It said he fled the place. I had to get out of there. And that's what he did. Of course, he still ended up in prison, but still he did the right thing. He fled from the presence of Potiphar's wife. And how different that was from David with Bathsheba. And every time I read that story, I'm, I don't, it's just weird. I'm hoping David makes the right choice. Did you ever do that? I said, maybe this time he'll do what's right. It just never comes out that way. But there he is, you know, we could, we could look at that story. You know, he didn't go out with the army. He stayed behind. He was by himself there in the, in the, King's house, went up on the roof. You know, he just let it happen. He didn't try to resist at all. Not at all. So two different men handling those situations in a different way. One did right. David didn't. So just examples for us. Our last thought. Let's go to 1 John 1. We want to be encouraged. We want to know that we aren't always going to do the right thing. Now, we need to resist. We need to not take uh, temptation lightly, not to take sin lightly, not to just give in and say, well, you know what? God's going to forgive me if I do this. That's never the right attitude. However, we know that after we've resisted and after we've fought and sometimes we do wrong, there is forgiveness. There is forgiveness when we repent. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Now that ought to encourage us because none of us are perfect. There are things we do, some not monumental, but here and there, we don't get it right. We just don't. 
But next verse, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. I don't want you to sin. It's, it's not good. It's not right for many reasons. And if anyone sins, there we are, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. There's a word that we never apply much to Jesus. We talk about him being Savior and our high priest and our intercessor. He's our advocate. It's like he's our lawyer, our solicitor. He's going to go to God on our behalf because he's been here and he's been through it all. He's been tempted. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. He, as we mentioned about Gethsemane and the cross, he's been through it. He fought the battle. He won for us. And so in him, we have forgiveness. And we're genuinely repentant. He says, I understand. You're forgiven. We'll do better next time. Don't let Satan win. Resist him. Flee. Choose the good. Remember that Jesus is standing by your side to help you fight these temptations and to overcome these temptations together with him. God bless you in your fight. Thank you for listening today. For more from Jeff Kent and the Shadyside Church of Christ, please go to our website at cfcshadyside.com. There you can access our entire library of Sunday church lessons and Jeff's weekly blog. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under Shadyside Church of Christ. Remember, all are welcome. Thanks again. Have a blessed week.